What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Fire Talk here with the Insulate Reviews team. Matt's trying to throw me off the groove early today, doing his little <laughs> dance in the intro here. Uh, I'm Jake, the host, joined by Matt, Adam, Cole, Aaron, and making a, I think this is like the second appearance for the year. He's off to a new record in the last like, six months. <laughs> we got Ron joining us on the phone here again today because uh, there may or may not have been a culmination of a uh, semi-popular show that happened this week that we're going to be discussing. Wait a minute. Uh, the show ended this week? The, the show ended this week. That is the, the truth. So you're joining us for the weekly wrap-up that the, uh, the Lit Reviews team does here. So we're going to tell you all about the things we've been watching over the last week, any relevant news that you might need to know to keep up to date in the world of TV and movies. Starting with, of course, WandaVision. So, all right. I told you all. I told y'all. <laughs> All right. Sure you Blind did. Squirrel finds an acorn. Blind squirrel finds an acorn. I'm sorry that I had more imagination than the people who ended up deciding what happened in I the mean, show. Listen, it was all a very, very deliberate bait and switch on Disney's part. Definitely. And so I'm going to, I don't know if I have the hot take here or not. I, for one, am... I don't want to say disappointed, but I am not overly. Are. I'm not overly <laughs> said, thrilled. Of course, <laughs> with the finale. Like why? I was. Tell me why. Was, why? Why was it bad? It was good. It was just I felt very. I honestly unfulfilled. feel like they set. I don't want to say like unfulfilled because I understood they were trying to like they didn't want to stick to the standard story and she had to deal with it. Like and I understand they had to come to all this like conclusion and wrap things up. But at the same time, like. Disney started out with saying like, this is going to be a one season thing. And yet they left the stage set for so many other things that the reason I'm upset with it is because it's doing what we talked about. We initially feared with these spinoff shows that I think they're going to make these almost mandatory viewing for all of the movies. They are. Oh, to set up this, this is absolutely going to be mandatory. Viewing this is absolutely. I, and I'm yeah, worried I'm, that the rest of the shows coming after this are going to follow the same footprint, which makes can I, me nervous. Can I intervene real quick on this point before I forget when you ask me later what my opinion is? My real quick thought on what you just said was uh, Kevin Kevin Feige said that he spoke with Sam Raimi about Doctor Strange 2, and they wanted to make sure that that film was viewable and enjoyable for people that didn't see WandaVision and people who saw WandaVision. So I am worried that the movies might become more watered down for people that don't see these series instead of having having people that have to see all of them. I feel like people I should don't... have to see all of them. And I'm worried well, that the movies are going to suck because I... they have to be okay for everyone. Does that make I mean, sense? I just don't fundamentally see any way you can put Wanda into Doctor Strange now as the character that she's become and have people understand that without exactly. having to see the show. I agree yeah. with you guys. I do. I'm just saying what I saw, what I read. So I don't know. I, I that's think... what I'm worried about. I don't want the movie to suck now to cater to the people that didn't feel like watching it so i don't know no i think there's going to be have to be a lot of there's going to have to be a lot of additional exposition in the movie to bring in why she's she is the way she is and i I mean i'm starting to think that honestly there's a strong chance that she might be a villain going forward here uh yeah her her post-credit scene creepy as fuck well, it was it, yeah, I mean, she's studying magic from a book of like the darkest magic. That's not a good look, yeah. sweetie. No, not it based is not. Of, like, yeah, she's doing other it's things as well look. in the house. Now, you, know the how, you know how Dr. Strange was I learning mean, magic and he was glowing yellow and he looked, looked all pleasant? <laughs> she did not, man. She looked. But she's pissed. a chaos witch. It's none of it's pleasant. It's that's all true. That's true. I mean, yeah. Yes, it is. Like, she the magic's have. different. So, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think. I don't think she's they're pushing her to like straight up evil, but I do think there might be more of an antagonist role in her future. Uh, just because she's yeah, walk this the is, line for a while. She's this kind is of chaos the line. magic. This is un- oh, unpredictable. She, this is she's gonna be evil. Agnes straight up said the Scarlet Witch is destined to destroy the world. It's yeah, giving but you me, know it's Mar- It's a comic book. She's not gonna follow her destiny. That's it's giving me because Doctor uh, Strange is gonna stop her. That's why. <laughs> it's giving me very uh, Jean Grey and Phoenix Force vibes. Yes. Which excites me because that's always been a storyline that I've loved, and they might actually like do it s- some form of justice in this uh, reimagining. So, Jake, it's interesting there's... that you and I have the same opinion, but for very different reasons. So I didn't so you like, like it, Aaron? So I, I and I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I didn't 
I didn't not like it. I didn't, I don't like not respect it, but I felt like there was, like, like I kind of alluded to already, like I felt like it almost lacked imagination. It felt a little too tied up. I knew that the, like I knew that the hex was going to have to collapse. I knew that Vision mm-hmm. wasn't leaving. I like that they explained some of that. Vision battle, um, like Vision v. Vision, loved it. Um, that was my favorite part of the episode, I think, honestly, because yeah. it stuck to Vision's character so truly of like, right. yeah, I love the first like, time he meets another. Logicking at each I was going to say, they f- solved their conflict with a philosophy discussion. Exactly. <laughs> I dug all of that. But for me, it was like, they set up this stuff. They gave the nods to the comic book backstory here and there. And then I felt like they didn't use it. <laughs> like, and so one of my first reactions was like, my biggest thing was I was disappointed. Uh, also spoilers, anybody who hasn't seen it, stop listening. <laughs> Don't stop listening. Come back after you've watched it. But my biggest thing was that like, I didn't want the kids to just be part of the hex. So like for me, mm. the, it was a little bit redeemed after watching both post-credit scenes that like there could be more to the children. They could be stuck in some nether dimension that could lead further on. But I was like, man, the kids were just part of the hex and everything's just undone and she's going to go fuck off and be a superhero and Agnes is trapped and she was so interesting and now she's just a puppet. But not dead. Yes, they 100% did that to give them. But like, I kind of wanted her to just get away. Like I wanted her to be part of the chaos that could be coming at any moment or them have some weird like bonding teaching moment. I wasn't sure yet. I know she's going to have to come back to her. I like the stuff that they set up. So I'm intrigued for what comes next but I wanted a little more depth. Sure. This just kind of felt like, okay, guys, we put our blocks in a row and now we're, or we put our dominoes in a row and now we're going to knock them down. It's time for movies. Like that's how I felt about it. Yes. You know, it you know what they did? You know I what they disagree. did to you, Aaron? What'd they do to me? They, uh, they got you, they got you with the hook, line and sinker. It was okay, but now you're intrigued for more with you said it yourself <laughs> just now. That's exactly what well, they want. I'm also a Marvel junkie. So I'm going to, I watch everything Marvel at least once. Right. a Marvel junkie at this point. Yeah. Marvel's created a <laughs> series of, addicts that just crave more marvel <laughs> listen they did well by getting the girl who never had access to comic books by putting robert downey jr in the iron man i'm just saying <laughs> that's what was my foot in the door i stand by it it's why i have a problem with the last two movies it's fine like, i mean legitimately though between him and uh and honestly i think chris evans chris hemsworth later on after the first couple thor movies started to pull his own weight in like the mcu but like chris evans and robert downey jr are the reason the mcu was able to take off for sure yeah, I mean, Paul, they, what did you think? They we haven't got well to hear by casting high-profile people right off the bat, for sure. Yes. Cole, so, go. Yeah, so I texted Ron a little bit earlier this week. We were talking, and I don't know. Maybe I went into it with way too big of expectation. I'm, I think That's that kind of my problem too. too. Like, I think I, I said it was anticlimactic. Like everything that happened, I expected, and I just. I don't know. I thought Marvel would throw one curveball there at mm-hmm. one of the post-credit scenes or something. Like I was like, "Where's the curveball? Where's the curveball?" But no this curve just ball. seems like a, a night, a nice, neat bow at the end of a Marvel movie or Marvel series. Where's that the curveball? Sets up for next the curveball. Yep. Well, I mean, the curveballs still come, right? Maybe, theoretically. I don't know. I mean, we just <laughs> said, I'm just talking curveball about all the possibilities that are still to come. So. Right, but as I mean, a curveball, I understand still a curveball that there's so many it things. needs to be separate from this. So, like, is it still a curveball if they don't put it in the limited series? If it's a curveball that comes in a different movie, that's a curveball for that movie. It's not part of the sequence. I mean, I feel like you guys are all missing the point here, but I'm just gonna wait my turn. I'm just gonna wait my turn. I don't think that everything. <laughs> I don't think that everything needs a curveball. I don't think that everything needs a twist. I wanted uh, I think, it though. I think it felt predictable <laughs> because the entire time this series has been going, they've been telling us that this is Wanda dealing with her grief. And that's what we got in the last episode was her finally dealing with her grief. Uh, I don't know. It, it felt like the appropriate ending to the series for me. I don't. Matt and I long distance watched it together. And we had very different reactions at the end. I started saying what I was saying as he was tap typing, like, I think they stuck the landing. And I'm like, what is this bullshit? It wasn't bullshit. It wasn't bullshit. Marvel people don't come for me. It wasn't bullshit. But I was like, what is this? I expected more. And he's like, this was perfect. And then we had, we it actually was... fought on how much to share in our text message to make sure we could discuss it heatedly here. 
That's true. No, it was a it was a good culmination to her story in this. I think it just with all of the nods and stuff that they get gave throughout the series. Like I said, I told Bailey that this is Marvel and originally intended a one season series, and she's like, "Then why did they tell us? Like, why are they hinting at all this other stuff that's happening outside of this?" It's like, I don't know. Like, either they're know. playing in a whole bunch of spinoff series, I- or which I mean, I wouldn't doubt to put it past Disney because that's what they do. Right. But. Well, I think the thing that frustrated me was like, it wasn't like you're watching WandaVision. It wasn't just the scenes with Vision and Wanda and the kids that mattered. It was like, there were so many intricate details within like the commercials of the fake TV Mm -hmm. show, you know? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, so it's super detailed. I got to look for the little, you know, like the tiny little things. The Easter eggs. Yeah. None of it mattered. What kind of Easter egg are you going to give me? And you really just didn't, the payoff wasn't there for me. Like, all in all, I still I still think it's the best thing Marvel's put out in a very long time, if not the best thing. But I just I thought I was gonna get this Easter egg of a curveball type deal that was gonna be like, I can't wait for whatever the next thing is, you know what I mean? And it was fine. It was neat and clean and I don't understand and how underneath you don't, the tree. I don't understand how you don't feel that way. Like that that you should feel that way. You should feel excited for the next thing. Like I just want more now. Like they said, I mean, I'm up. excited to that point. Yeah, like I, I'll watch, I'll watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm, but like I, no, I don't know. Show. I felt this show. This show, <laughs> this show is damn. okay. Hold but on, that's right. the next thing, Ron. That's the next thing. Right, but it's. I feel like WandaVision has set the bar so high for their series that I'm, I am excited for it because it's Marvel and we're all Marvel junkies here. Like Jake said, who isn't anymore? But I feel like it's going to be short. It's going to be an. It's not. It's not even going to be the same kind of, it's not even the same thing it's not even the same realm of discussion as what wandavision was but like it's gonna be the same thing just a little less creative like we're not going to go so weird with it it's not going to be some flashback tv thing that the, no, the gonna be a buddy watchers have show. to muddle through yeah, it's like but a, it's going to be yeah. exactly the same thing it's going to be coming on it's going to introduce some characters it's going to run its course and it's going to set up a movie that's right, what i think is going to come mean, like story but i was expecting wise. that from wandavision i was expecting that from the civil uh, from mean, the we we knew going one. coming into this that it was setting up a movie right now, but i thought what it movie would have... it was actually setting up we're fairly confident that it's doctor strange 2 but right well, see that was always my thought i, just didn't I think, think that was all it was going to be i think that's the reason movie. i'm disappointed in the ending is because it seems like that really was and like and I agree I mean, with you Cole. Guys are the show is a great. Whole lot of assumptions here. Well, I mean, yes, I think we it, it's... Have we not done that this entire time? I mean, why are you sitting Isn't here that assuming this that nothing else in this show is setting up anything else in the future? Like, I don't understand where that assumption's coming from. Well, I mean, Kevin Feige saying that this is only going to be a one-season show. Like, it's not like she's that coming is... back for her own show again. So, just because they're not setting up a second season doesn't mean they're not setting up more stuff. Well, I mean, that's They're what I'm saying. Up- it could be a whole bunch of other spin-off series of like Side Spectrum and, and like yeah. Jimmy this Woo sh- getting his own so his own show. And oh, I want this that. show has officially set up Captain Marvel two, uh, Invasion series, Doctor Strange two, and they also did an interview where Feige said that Wanda will be the primary focus of Phase four. So with Spider Man um, uh, coming home or No Way Home or whatever. There could be a post-credit scene with Scarlet Witch in there. If there really are other Spider-Men, she could be involved with that as well. But Tom Holland's kind of debunking that. But I don't trust anything that guy says. So <laughs> they, they don't trust him with anything he says. There are tons of I, there are tons of possibilities here moving forward. And they said that Scarlet Witch has plenty of story to tell. Just because this is, is set up this set up more things than you would could possibly probably imagine. I feel like I this feel is probably like- going to be one of the most intricate stories and more important, most important stories to be told for probably five or six years of Marvel, at least. Oh I feel like what you guys are not saying is bed. that you expected them to like set up some huge villain for Phase Four in this show, and for all we know, they might have. Well, I was going to wait, wait. Still, she could, could be, be fa- she could be the Thanos of Phase Four. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like everyone is like I've seen online so many people talking like they were disappointed that Mephisto didn't show up and things like that. I'm like, well, this could very well be Phase Four's Mephisto that we're looking at right now. Right. There's just just a whole bunch of people saying they're disappointed by things that we don't even know if are true or not yet. This show has officially introduced witches, multiple witches. Now you gotta also remember Blade is literal. So you're gonna have witches and vampires. Like you guys gotta understand that this is. Uh, the very small piece of a big puzzle that they're putting together right now. 
and it's very exciting. Ron, I gotta, can I ask this you a question? This is so Ron? weird that Ron and I are on the same side of it. And that's why I know you guys are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how you know we're right. <laughs> Ron, how the much? Only, the how... only disappointing part of this entire series was the Evan Peters cameo. That was for a fucking boner joke. That was the biggest thing. Like, I wish they didn't do that for wow. my whole heart. I wish that never happened. He I did kind of become a nothing character. That was something else. Like I expected to be like some nefarious sidekick to Agnes. And it's like, oh, it's just this actor I hired to be. Yeah. Same thing with like, Monica. Ralph Boner. Like, come on. Like, come on. You could do better than that. You yeah. could do better than that. Sheep laughs. No, it was uh, the it same was... thing with like Monica. Like her whole, like she became this superhero and then they're just like, and forget about her. We're going to no, bring her back no, for 30 seconds in the last no, episode. I think, I think she's guy. got a bigger story. Well, yeah, all. I know that. But in this show, they were just like, we're just going to forget about her for the last She didn't episodes. do a whole lot with her superpowers. Exactly. This was her origin story. It wasn't this her. was her she origin did, story. She, she didn't even know she main... has superpowers until the last like hour of everything happening. <laughs> she's going to be one of the main characters in the Invasion series and Captain Marvel too. Like she... Again, Jake, if they if they keep tying home, this Jake. if they keep tying the series and the movies together, I'm going to be very disappointed because it's going to become a mess. Yeah, and you're Cole, what question yeah, did you want to ask? I'll still Ryan. watch it. Yeah, absolutely. But I, Adam, we, we got to mute Jake. We got to mute Jake. He's not making. We got to mute all of you so Cole can ask his question. <laughs> My question is kind of a joke because I feel like Ron has more information than Kevin Feige about the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic <laughs> Universe currently. I mean, this is the man that thought Doctor Strange was showing up since like episode three or something like that. That's and uh, true, I don't think he ever showed. This mm. is Paul Bettany's fault, all right? He said it himself. I, we did he talk about it. that, Ron. He said, this, yeah. you know, I've never worked with this person. I've always have. And I'm like, he was talking. He was about trolling it. himself. <laughs> trolling himself. Yeah. Um, but my quick take real quick um, before we move on to the next thing is I think it was fantastic. I think it told her story perfectly. I think the whole vision fights was fantastic the way they did it in intellectual breakdown, how he like uploaded his memories. Cause when you have two yeah, indestructible cool. characters fighting it gets old sometimes and neither one of them are going to die. So they resolved that really well. The Scarlet Witch costume was perfect. It was very emotional. I feel like the uh, breakdown of the hex, the telling the kids goodbye, especially since, you know, you guys are parents and I was a parent before and it's just very emotional saying goodbye to that vision. Sad. I feel like the whole breakdown and the ending of that episode rivals one of the most emotional points in Marvel history. Probably more, I don't know about more, because 20 yeah. movies is a lot, but it rivals Robert Downey Jr. Don't say Downey that, man. Yeah, it, it does. No, it does. It does. No. Absolutely and does. Here, here's why it doesn't. We didn't have the relationship with the, those characters that we did with Robert Downey Jr.'s character. That's why it doesn't. Okay. Okay. Elizabeth Olsen's acting second is, is right up there with with his acting. Like it was, she was fantastic mm -hmm. in this entire series. Yeah. Like she was mm -hmm. great. Once. But yeah, to, the the death scene was not nearly as impactful as. There was okay, nothing I, I loved and, about that death and, scene, like Tom Holland's. Right. <laughs> I didn't cry. You guys, I didn't cry. I cried at everything. I didn't cry. I mean, we we already I knew cried. it was coming too. We knew when the hex went away that the kids were going away. We had mm -hmm. seen we had seen glimpses of but that. Are they gone? Uh, who, who knows? I feel it. Something doesn't need to be unexpected or unknown to be emotional, though. No, I like it better. Sometimes the fact that you can see this moment coming makes it worse, and I think that's yeah. the case here. Like, I like to see this goodbye coming. You knew it that's was going to happen. Yep, you such didn't. A hard time. You didn't have emotional investment into their characters, though, which is why I think it's not. Well, I don't know. I don't know how that. after watching the I was show, pretty empathetic. I was pretty empathetic in that last episode. Well, apparently, I just walked into that one. <laughs> no, Adam, I agree you on the kids' front. Like the kids, I could care less about her relationship with Vision. Absolutely, like her. Yeah, I mean, Vision. Oh yeah, yeah. Goodbye. I was like, right, oh. especially when when he asked her, "What am I?" And then she went into depth. You know, you're my mm -hmm. sadness. You're my love. You're you're this and this and this. I feel like okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you the W there. It's not the same as Tony Stark's death, but the point I'm trying to make is that they made you feel strongly about that moment in nine or eight 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 or nine episodes. That's it's, a big deal. It's taken me a year, but I figured out Ron's strategy whenever he's making an argument. He goes to the extreme so that way he can bring it down <laughs> like six levels. Now I'll take you. Now I'll agree with your six levels less. Uh, less <laughs> Makes it a little more palatable. Yeah. That's a basic negotiation tactic. Some yeah, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment, Jake. Thanks. Some, I don't know if it was or not, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> something that is a little less debated i'm sure because i think matt's probably the one that's seen it so far raya and the last dragon matt what did you think yep uh i paid the money to watch this on disney plus uh 
it's it was really good actually i've seen uh, some positive reviews which is more than i can say for the last time they tried this yeah uh <laughs> the uh the going like criticism when the trailer first dropped i feel like was that it was just a mulan retread uh, and I can confidently say that the only similarities to Mulan are very superficial similarities. Didn't we uh, say like it looked like a cross between Mulan and Moana? Yes, yeah. that's yeah. exactly yeah. what all, we said. It's all very superficial similarities. It's it's a very unique story. It tell, does its own thing. Uh, it's absolutely stunning, which is to be expected from anything that Disney puts out these days. Uh, but yeah, I I was very very pleased with it. It was it was really good. Very well acted from the the two lead women for sure. Um, Aquafina. I love Aquafina. Uh, She's awesome. Same. Kelly Marie Tran both do great great work with their voice acting in this. Um, yeah, it's it's a really good movie. Uh, anyone who has my Disney Plus account, you can watch it. So <laughs> is it Matt? Is it worth the thirty extra bucks? Because my wife and I almost we we were like three zero thirty dollars yeah. yes twenty nine yeah that's the debatable part right there yeah I that I still I, I don't know if you have if you have kids maybe because it's it's good they'll enjoy it uh it's gonna be free on Disney Plus in a couple months so if, Honestly, unless you're kinda, like chomping at the bit to watch it like kind of just want them to push it to theaters too like pull an HBO and push it to both they should, they should. But yeah, it, it was a really good movie. Uh, Disney did a good job with this one. So, Matt, what was the most interesting part of the story that you can give away without any spoilers for people who haven't seen it? Uh, mm. I always have at least one good question I can ask for something. <laughs> <laughs> so the story takes place... Uh, like... You tell me in the future, I'm not going to believe you. <laughs> Does it take does it take place in a in a Marvel connected universe? <laughs> or 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 does it have what was Adam, it? You're my hero. Um, uh, what, does it have in, inconsequential that. characters? <laughs> <laughs> you. There's probably somebody in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. There's you. some. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no. Uh, so it's an entirely fictional world. Uh, where there was this huge like war 500 years ago uh, where the last dragon like used their magic to end the fight, the evil thing. Uh, and the last dragon disappeared at that point. And mm -hmm. then like the people of this land like fractured and got into all these like interpersonal conflicts and standard uh, human behavior. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then there's this like magic MacGuffin that they're fighting over Uh that gets broken McGuffin. and uh each of the five different factions takes a piece of it of course fractures the world even more it's like a desolate wasteland that kind of thing mm, interesting uh, like rings and such rings of power i was gonna say uh there's definitely inconsequential characters to in. rule them all <laughs> <laughs> it's a good setup like the evil thing turns everyone it touches into stone uh, so you have all these like statues Ooh. standing around the world, uh, people that got caught by it and stuff. Like, all right, th mm -hmm. this movie sounds more interesting than I was giving it credit for. It's a very. I will uh, definitely watch that for free. Yes, it's a very uh, interesting yeah, setup. And for it, free. Uh, the the like way that the landscape gets broken gives you all these like different environments. So they like can show off their different animation techniques. And the water in this movie is some of the best animated water I've ever seen. That might sound really weird. But that it, was a weird statement to end on. Yeah, it's like no, 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 no. I'm with you, man. I, I get it. I understand it because water is very difficult to animate. Like it makes and it, it look makes like sense because uh, the dragons in this world are water dragons. They don't uh, like not breathing fire. They have like control over water and magic water powers and stuff. Interesting. Uh, so it makes sense, but but yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Definitely sounds like something I will def I will watch. I do actually have one more question. Disney, because it's Disney, are there songs in it? No, this no. is not a musical. Ooh, what? Interesting. This is That's not what I was expecting. Feeling okay? Are they feeling okay? It kind of disappoints me. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but at the same time, it kind of excites me. Uh, so, going on the complete opposite side from Disney, uh, Aaron and Matt, you guys both had a one of my favorite Reddit things that you discovered as a TV show. 
who's hosting this TV show? Netflix. Netflix has uh, two really? sentence horror stories. I think it's uh, and don't hold this against it. I'm pretty sure it's originally a CW show. I mean, no, the CW puts out amazing <laughs> stuff all the time. No, hundred percent. No, they definitely have classics. their moments. Uh, oh, on yes, that note, I have actually been he- hearing really good things about Superman and Lois. Uh, they Ew. just hit a hiatus, actually, too, which later po- talking point. But I haven't watched it, but I've been hearing really good things. Give us no, your two sentences. Give me your two sentence overview of two sentence horror stories. Aaron, I'll let you go first. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> Ladies first. That's gentlemanly. What yeah. are you talking about? Two sentences. What if I state semicolons? No. Um, <laughs> English they majors. can't be God damn it. Uh, you ask the both people to do this. Yeah. If you talk um, fast enough, your sentence never has to end. So. <laughs> I work in coffee, so I always talk fast. Bonus, bonus points um, if you translate it to Valley. <laughs> um, so I would say they are... The setup is cool because they start with the first sentence of the horror story and you don't get the second sentence until you've watched the story play out. Okay. It was one sentence. Uh, yep, I got you. I got uh, you count. And then second sentence is there's enough ambiguity that they can really take some of these. Like, it's interesting to see the choices they make with the content they've been given. So, like, for instance, without that sounds being like spoilers, a wrong sentence now. <laughs> for ahead. instance, was technically the start of a new sentence. You're right. So we'll leave it at they they take some cool liberties with the direction they could take the two sentence horror stories. There's enough ambiguity there that they can kind of paint their own picture while still staying true to the core scary part. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm always intrigued to see what the story is when I get to the end of an episode, just to like see how it translated, you know? Mm-hmm. That was your first sentence, Matt. What was your second sentence? <laughs> Fuck you. I'm dude. too good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough. But uh, for, for people not familiar with the idea of two-sentence horror stories, they are exactly what they sound like. They are st- horror stories made up of two sentences that are usually things vague and creepy. Like, yeah, and uh, it's usually, for... usually like some like innocuous first sentence and then the second sentence like twists it somehow. Yes, well, like, like this one here. The, uh, there was a picture of, in my phone of me sleeping. I live alone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep, things like that. And so I'm glad you guys stole my thunder. I didn't want to say the two sentence horror story that I wanted to say anyway. So, anywho, <laughs> if we're just gonna make this a vulgar episode, fuck you guys. Jake, go ahead. <laughs> this episode is tell us your story. You're so inconsequential, Jake. <laughs> I mean, I'm just leading the show, so that makes sense. There's always a lot of swearing when I'm here. So. <laughs> Cole, give us your. You started watching Tribes of Europa also on Netflix here. How how are you uh, feeling about that show? Um, I'm feeling like it's. Well, well, there's only six episodes, so I don't know how deep the storyline's going to go. Um, I'd say it's a combination of um, Game of Thrones and uh, like Mockingjay type deal with like different tribes mm-hmm. and different type. My, my only issue that I have with this so far is, again, six episodes and I'm halfway through the second episode and I don't know how we're going to get to an end and it be satisfactory in six episodes because they're only 45 minutes long. So, oh, I mean, I think it's good. Is it that is a short gonna season? Say, though, you're right. Yeah. Am I going to tell you? Oh, you got to go out and watch this. Not even a little bit. But it's European, right? So there's yeah, their seasons was, are always pretty short. But they're usually yeah, it's longer. In it's German. Yeah, yeah, it's got say, when you, dub stuff. When you think about like Sherlock and stuff like that, yeah, those are like hour, fifteen, hour and a half episodes, which I mm-hmm. guess is about the same amount of total content though, because those are usually only three episode seasons. But it feels like you can get a lot more packed into like a, an hour and a half episode than you can a forty-five minute episode. Even if it's two of them, it's weird how that works. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if you have the same amount of runtime, uh, yeah, it's it's fine. So it's something you're kind of holding off on, on official recommendations until you get to the end to see if the payoff is there. Yeah, because I've, I've I've read a few non-spoiler reviews and people say it starts off slow but it ends with some great things, and I'm like, all right, well. I'm- I was like, I don't know how, but (laughs) yeah, I don't know how we're gonna get there. But I always think those are interesting shows. It's like, really, are we watching the same show? And also, like, I give people like immense credit. Like, I think I like TV and movies a lot, and I'm willing to do a lot of things to watch TV and movies. But there's some people that like are staying up until like 8 a.m. when something comes out on Netflix at 3 a.m. to watch the entire season all at once. And I'm just like, you have far more dedication than I do. So I applaud you. I mean, I've definitely done that at times in my life. <laughs> so have I. 
I'll tell you this. I was talking to a couple of my friends about WandaVision uh, yesterday and they actually got up at 4 a.m. every Friday and watched it no. twice before they left for work. Was Adam no. Duckworth one of them? Because I couldn't believe he did <laughs> no, something No, like it was not, it's not Adam Duckworth. <laughs> it's not Adam Duckworth. No, it's my friends from down the street, Jeff and Lindsay. So I know he was doing that for uh, The Mandalorian. I, I, saw, I always saw his post like 6 a.m. on Fridays. He like, newest Mandalorian episode. I've seen it three times already. I was like, you are crazy, man. Well, he's up no. at 4.30 every day anyways. So. That's true. That's just I'll his stay schedule. up late to watch something. I'm never going to wake up at 4 a.m. to watch <laughs> no, something. No, absolutely not. <laughs> All right, so wrapping up our What Have You Been Watching series, we have two more. Sh- uh, well, we have, I think, a show, a documentary, I guess, and then a, mm-hmm. a show from Ron. So we're going to go new, and then we're going to go throwback. Aaron, Notorious B.I.G. documentary. How was it? Yes, Biggie, I got a story to tell. So this was really cool. Um, it's an hour and a half long. Um, they interview pretty much everybody from the crew who's still living, his mom, his grandmother, his wife. I'm going to pause um, you really quick, too. Do you think you said it's really good, really interesting? Is it going to be interesting for people who don't necessarily know his music? Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yes. It actually might even be not better, but like the people who are familiar with his music are going to like this insight into his life. The people who don't know anything about him will be able to learn enough from him to understand what happened. So it doesn't, it doesn't focus on the conflict that ended his life. It focuses on like him growing up, the culture he came from, what that looked like, how he broke into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, one of the coolest things, and I, I mentioned this in our pre-combo last week, because so we didn't actually make it to the podcast last week, I just started it. Um, almost the entirety of the footage that they use are from home videos of one of his crew. I wish I could remember which one of his crew, it was like his right-hand man. All of these people were kids that he grew up with from the time he was six, seven, eight years old for the most part. That was the whole... Um, shoot I forget it's something mafia and now I'm blanking um but his like his crew Mm -hmm. um this the one of the guys started just carrying a camcorder just to like capture what they were doing and see him interacting see him writing so almost all of this is home video shot by one of his crew members of them traveling of them behind the scenes the hotel rooms um parental warning there's cursing a lot um (laughs) just as much as on this podcast (laughs) there's also like tables full of drugs so be aware that there's the lies in the room uh on occasion but it's not as much cursing as you would think for being a rap documentary actually um but it was just interesting to see where he came from and where he got his ideas and um i i had known most of his music but i didn't know much of his story and so it was really cool to kind of get the backstory see how much he interconnected um you know in the last 20 minutes they kind of address the east coast west coast rivalry and Mm -hmm. the deaths of tupac and biggie um because something i actually never really knew those two used to be tight like they were like friend friends and then pop came to new york to record something he and hit a couple of his guys were jumped and robbed outside the recording studio and by the time he got back to la the story was that biggie must have sent those guys and that's kind of where the beef started biggie's like i didn't know anything about this i just live in new york and you happen to be here like I had no beef with you. Why would I send guys to beat you up and jump you? And that's where the rivalry started. And then it just escalated so quickly. Um, oh, so yeah, that, those two were at like the forefront of like the rap wars, essentially. Like there was a yeah. lot of yeah, actual violence that, there was about a lot that. Of, like, <laughs> it was a friendly rivalry before then. And then mm-hmm. a lot of regular violence came up. And honestly, like LA had his own things fighting amongst themselves. They didn't really need the New York battle too. Um, but it was just interesting coming on the heels of now it's been some time since... Um, you know, the backstory, uh, you know, I'm blanking on all the names of these rappers I talk about all the time. Um, but like the backstory of the LA crew and like the movie that came out about the start of like Dr. Dre and those guys, Mm -hmm. that was a while back now. So this seems like a a separate story where they feel like if they had released it, thank you straight out of Compton. But if they had released that story, I think it would have been too connected with like Easy and the Dr. Dre and that story, if they had released this too close to that. I got So you. it was nice to have it as like a set alone thing where like, and it's, and it's not set up because it's about him and not the feud, which a lot of the stuff only focuses on the feud. You get a lot more about the people behind it. And it's not only about East Coast, West Coast. And so I think, yeah, you're, so you're, you're probably leaning into something there that's probably disappointing some people that I'm sure were thinking that it was going to they be more. They wanted to just be about the crew. Yeah, to, to see it be more about the feud and, and the, the fighting with Tupac, but- I think 
in your sense, in it's really is a traditional though. documentary. It's like taking mm-hmm. start to finish of this of this man's life and how he did what he did and all of the people that helped him and worked with him along the way and all of the trials and hurdles he had to go through. And Well, and aside, just like any celebrity, there's a side of him that nobody ever knew because the only side that anybody ever saw you know, was the guy who was hustling drugs on the corner until he made it famous as a rapper. And like he, that, that guy used to be a kid. That guy used to study mm-hmm. jazz music. That guy visited Jamaica with his mom every summer until he was too old to go. Like there was a whole other, he was a much deeper, like intellectual, intellectual, philosophical thinker. than I think a lot of people knew him to be, and he was really right on the cusp of everything happening for him. Um, when he lost his life, like he was really right there. He had irons at a lot of fires ready to just set up the rest of his life and set up his crew and record deals and whatever else for other people and influencers that had influences that had been part of it and it all kind of just fell apart really quickly that's crazy yeah they the, they kind of finish they come towards the end of it and they say one stoplight can change your life like that's really how it was then like if you just happen to a stoplight changes from red to, or green to red and that's just it for you that's how intense some of the gang wars were so yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. And, I, <laughs> and so that's the reason I let you go before Ron, because now I want Ron to talk about his show that he's been watching because it's uh, <laughs> just as serious, in my opinion. You said it's not just as serious? No, it's 100% no. just as serious. Mm-hmm. With Dragon Ball? <laughs> Only 34 <laughs> years old. So <laughs> you guys are crazy. Ron's getting our Nerd of the Week uh, award for this week for watching yeah. Dragon Ball. Yeah, throwback. It's not even Thursday. So. The thing is, I've been looking for a show to kind of watch. I work a lot, which is why I'm not on the podcast a lot. So I've been kind of looking for something to watch on my breaks at work. The average Dragon Ball episode is like 15, 20 minutes long. For those of you that don't know, and if you're a hardcore Dragon Ball Z fan, you would know. But Dragon Ball is the before. It was before. It came out before Dragon Ball Z. And it came out in 86. And it was actually the anime that made japanese animation popular in western culture like that was the introduction show not dragon ball z like most people think that dragon sounds ball, true but because ron's saying it i need to be fact checked <laughs> <laughs> dragon ball is goku as a kid who's the main character of dragon ball z and it pretty much introduces him and how he meets the people the main characters of dragon ball z is who become his friends etc etc it's not as adventure as action driven as dragon ball z which is notorious for episodes and episodes of screaming and i was gonna ask is there as much screaming no not at all Do they have three episodes for a fight of them just like standing around powering up before they do anything (laughs) shouting average fights in this show are probably two minutes long and they're very very far interested now they went very different directions then with the sequel with the uh, the sequel yes so uh yep and that's the big just want to confirm dragon ball came before dragon ball z Yep. Yeah. So yeah. we had a prequel yeah. before there was the actual show. Well, that people Dragon Ball actually liked. Dragon Ball was the show, and then the, Dragon Ball was the first that show. was Dragon Ball Z that people yeah. actually like. Yep. Yep. There was, and then um, the success of Dragon Ball is the reason why they went forward with Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball was based off of a manga, like a like a newspaper comic series in Japan that oh, became cool. the show. So, and then it became so popular. That's when they went forward with Dragon Ball Z. So Dragon Ball is essentially a comedy adventure series. And it's hilarious. Like I laugh out loud almost the entire comedy time. Comedy adventure it's, series. It's, I, it's I wasn't expecting that from an anime, to be honest. No. Yeah, it's absolutely hilarious. There's like no fighting. Mm. It's very little fighting. There's enough that it's like there, but it's not centric about it like Dragon Ball Z or the movies and stuff. It's very funny. So... If you're a fan, you know, the Funimation app is where I watch it. Because I know there's a lot of Dragon Ball Z fans that want it on Netflix and stuff. You can't, no one knows where to see these shows. So it's like less than $5 a month. It's super cheap. They have yeah. every single episode of movie. So Crunchyroll, Funimation, both of those are probably, those yeah, are probably not, two biggest for anime. Crunchyroll, though. Lame. So, yeah. But. Speaking of anime, though, too, I want to point, I want to throw out the, uh, Netflix's anime needs a serious that's like the division of Netflix that really needs an upgrade because all of their anime stuff sucks so far I have not been a fan <laughs> of their form of anime um, I think their artwork is terrible and especially the latest version of that is the uh, Pacific Rim ver- anime that they just came out with which I was half excited for and then I started watching like just the preview for it and I was like this animation sucks I'm not watching this 
Yikes. Okay. Blood of Zeus yeah. was the same way. Like you'll have the main characters move in and then like the background like does this like stop motion thing. And I'm like, this is, you oh, made no. a choice and it was a bad choice. Anywho, on to the news as we wrap up our episode here. Cause we're, we're getting close to like 45 minutes already here today. Oh, okay. So as we, as we wrap up, I got two pieces of news that I need to get your guys' quick, quick hitter thoughts on. First and foremost, Queen's Gambit, we all loved it. It was a universal hit among our team here. Uh, even the for the world. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> outside, I think that was the, actually took like home the second number, like second highest streaming further behind Lupin. That's right, because I made that recommendation. <clears throat> but anywho, Queen's Gambit in talks to become a musical. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go to Matt first because... He's, uh, he's usually got the first uh, the strongest thoughts on those types of things i actually think this is a like story and a plot that would adapt really well to a musical uh so i think if they get a good like a good composer a good lyricist a good writer on board i think that this could be really good uh so i'm not i'm i'm very very cautiously interested uh i think it has potential I don't I think, think there's it, enough information at this point to say whether it's going to be good or not. I think I have a hard time seeing it be a musical unless they have like a a narrator to it, almost like Into the Woods style that's telling like the story and doing it like some of the singing as like, because you got to think about it, the characters that are involved, it should be doing like chess matches. Like as they're going through it, it's kind of tough to be singing out a chess match. Like unless you're going to be doing this weird intricate dancing as you're going through the chess match also. Like, I mean, I could see it work, but it would be There are weird. definitely some really cool ways you could choreograph a song into a chess match. Especially uh, when she's doing the one where she has to play everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That would be a really cool scene to see. Yes, that'd be a good number. On stage. Uh, yeah, like I said, I think this has potential. I think they just need to get the right talent in for it. Uh, and hopefully they do, because this could be really good. Cole, what are your thoughts? I saw you come off mute there, and I've been... I've been, you've been getting the, the shaft of going last lately, so I'm going to make sure you get your thoughts in first. Fine. <laughs> um, I did. I read a little, an article in Variety about it. Um, so the company that has the rights is called Level Forward. And I mean, from what I've read, they put in some really good stuff on, you know, good musicals and good shows. And so pleasantly surprised, I'll be pleasantly surprised how it shows. I'm not a huge musical guy, um, but hey, I mean, if anyone can do it. I guess this company is the one that can do it based on what I've read. So <laughs> do you happen to have yeah. it in front of you? Some of the musicals they've done, cause I've done zero research on this. Uh, it's okay yeah, if you so don't, they, I was just curious if you remember any of them. Uh, hold on. I, I have some stuff in front of me, but not everything. So they've actually um, produced and financed such, well, these are films. So like the assistant uh, documentary called on the record stage credits include Oklahoma, what the constitution means to me slave play and abigail disney the grandniece of walt disney is one of the company's founders so hmm. i mean oklahoma's got a pretty strong track record there it's a very yeah, but oklahoma's musical. old as hell and just keeps getting revivals sorry i've got opinions i'll wait till <laughs> yeah. i'm called on <laughs> go ahead Aaron. it's all yours okay so my initial response to this is because <laughs> Matt and I have had long, lengthy debates as someone who was misguided enough to get an English theater double major. I have many opinions and no one cares except for this <laughs> podcast. Um, but one of my least I'm favorite flattered things that you think that, we care. Oh. I mean, you keep inviting me back. <laughs> That's true. This as is true. As far as I know, I haven't been muted yet, but <laughs> I've Not never yet, told actually. anybody in con- <laughs> that was rude she, she did kind of ask for it Matt. Did, I, I did it, walk I into it actually i would have been a little bit upset if you hadn't stepped into it that i was ready with the hands okay so my feeling is this because i know i'm talking too much and we're going long on time so my feelings are this i agree with matt that it could the storyline adapts itself well if they do it well mm-hmm. on principle i'm so tired of there not being any new musical content they are only converting movies into musicals or musicals into movies there has been very little original stuff coming out and that's why and this is not to deter from the like wonderfulness that is dear evan hansen but like there's a reason why those shows stand out so much because it's not the same story you've heard over and over again adapted to music usually yep. kind of kitschy like there's Hamilton something about some standalone right yes thank you so if they go with a story like this i want to see something like spring awakening I want to see something dark. I want to see something edgy. I don't want them to leave out oh, the sex. I don't want them to leave out the be, drugs. Yeah. 
but they need to do it still in that playful fashion where like there's, you know, they need all sides of it. And so if they go the direction of that, it'll be great. If they go the direction of an Oklahoma music band revival, I'm going to fall asleep and be angry as hell. <laughs> no. Yeah. It has to be something a little darker and fresher. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, that show yeah. was surprisingly like gritty as it was. Like I wasn't expecting that from a, from what it was. TV show uh, about chess. No yes. one is expecting sex, drugs, and rock and roll from a TV show about chess. I don't <laughs> yeah. Think. I mean, no. a major character just dies in like episode five <laughs> <laughs> also um, like i will never unsee that girl hand over fisting those pills into her mouth at the end of episode one like that still to this day i'm just like she's gonna die like I, when i was rewatching with my parents over christmas i'm like she's gonna die like i've already seen it all the way through and i just feel like in this moment I've already seen it. i know she doesn't die but she's gonna die but she's gonna die <laughs> like, you can't eat medicine like that so yeah, so I'm cautiously optimistic, but just in general over the idea of things being made into musicals. Uh, yeah. This is one of those things that could probably end up on the things we never asked for. Like <laughs> very very I mean, possible. I didn't yeah. ask I didn't ask for the Queen's Gambit, but it, it turned out good. But like I don't know how you take something that's like docuseries style and turn it into a musical. I just don't it's hard it. not to get it painted as a money grab. Like, oh, this thing yeah. was amazing. Let's mm-hmm. tell the story a different way and make the same money again, which it, it, is cynical also, and terrible, but that's how I feel. <laughs> also, it's 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 chess-based. Yeah, right. there, there's a hit, chess. there was a hit musical about spelling bees. So this like, true. it's true. not exactly- Lugubrious. <laughs> yeah. All right, on the other side of that, talking about money grabs, Paramount Plus- uh, they're on the latest train of, you know, $5 streaming services because everybody needs to have one. And I guess when you can get 8 million to 10 million subscribers, like in like a month, why wouldn't you do it for $5 a pop? Cause that's $50 million. But... They still haven't paid off their Super Bowl dues. I'm sure for all the commercials they ran. <laughs> well, like the, no, so, all the subscribers Here's the deal with that, right? See Paramount owns CBS or vice versa. Oh, so it was all free? Yeah. Well, and Paramount has their hands in so many different movies, like that. I can't imagine That's they're getting the true. rights to, which, and like exclusive rights at the most to any, to, like all of their content, like, which makes their lineup so interesting because they do have some exclusive rights to some shows that have a pretty serious following. I mean, I was just going to say they locked me in as a subscriber when they announced that uh, Drag Race All Stars, the next season, is going to be exclusive to Paramount Plus. Like, devoted hey, Matt, fan here, I will be watching it. You can cancel your subscription because my dad just emailed me his. <laughs> but that was one of those, like, we were making so much fun of it. And then literally, like, earlier this week, I opened my email. And my dad's like, hey, this will be available on your Roku. I signed up for this if you want it. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> oh, so they went the Which route. Which I'm of... just excited. Go ahead. Uh, I just was noticing that they went the route of Hulu and did the uh, yeah. $6 if you want limited commercials or commercial mm-hmm. free for 10 Oh yeah, mm-hmm. which one does yeah. that have? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I'll figure it out before then. But honestly, I'm excited because I am a recent convert. I never grew up watching Star Treks. I only grew up watching Star Wars. I would see Treks here and there. Mm-hmm. And uh, my good friend Erie got me hooked on Star Trek Discovery. And so I've watched through season one and then they got rid of their subscription. And I'm like, well, how do I watch the rest of it? And now I can. I've been so, wanting to get into Star Trek too, so. My... My thoughts on this are it's going to have a lot of TV shows because they own the entire Nickelodeon library too, which is really cool. Like I, I would definitely, I would definitely think about it for some of the vintage shows that I would like rewatching occasional episodes of and things like that. Right. The movie side in the original series is where I'm most concerned about similar to a lot of the other streaming platforms. Apple's done a good job. Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix have are like the four that have made a solid name in their original shows. The rest mm-hmm. of the streaming services to this point have done jack shit. Like, well, don't don't discredit Disney like that. They just had WandaVision come out. All right, so Disney's had one, two good shows now, and Disney two. we have confidence in. Like Disney's got more money than like, God. Basically, well, I mean, with Disney, every other we company knew, out there. With Disney, we knew what we were getting when we got it too. We That's knew totally true. Like we knew what we were getting, and we knew that they had a a whole library that we wanted at our. But I was gonna say Disney Plus. Fingertips. Disney Plus had a good start because they had. A very strong library. The entire library vault yeah. to kick off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and and Marvel traditionally yes. not uh, very easily accessible. 
especially mm-hmm. a lot of the like the older classics. Disney animated stuff. The DVDs that they have to like pull out of the vault every 15 yeah. years and then put them back in and you can't get them anywhere. So they had that selling point right off the bat of like, here are all of these movies that you love that you cannot watch, that you haven't been able to watch anywhere but a DVD ever. Uh, I don't love VHS. I mean, Paramount. <laughs> Paramount, I think, has a pretty strong catalog. I don't think it's anywhere near Disney level. Well, uh, they have so many rights tied into like all the other platforms, though, too. Like, yeah. there's I was just watching movies on Netflix there, like throughout this last week. That yeah, you know, I was like, oh, that's a Paramount movie. Like, go figure. I wonder if Paramount's going to pull it from Netflix after this I mean, contract's I'm, up. I'm sure that is their plan, which yeah. becomes an even bigger issue than for the rest of these streaming platforms that are sharing all of Paramount stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I think the world we're heading to is where. It's the cable content creators just, just operate their own streaming platforms and we'll have yeah. like six major streaming platforms I mean, from all the major if, creators. If I they mean, keep Disney's it up, keep buying everybody. So if they keep it up, Netflix is going to be a Netflix is going to be a thing of the past and we're, they're going to be selling their content to the other platforms. No, no. Netflix is still the market so. leader. But, it, but hear, hear me out. If Netflix no longer has anybody else's content and they only have their original content, they're going to be an Amazon. Yeah, that catalog is not strong enough to support only their own stuff. But I mean, a lot of what they're coming out with and a lot of what they've been it's coming out strong. with now for years has been originals yeah. too. Like they own the majority of the stuff people have been watching, like Queen's Gambit, uh, Lupin, like all of that are Netflix original series that have been talked about for them for the last year and a half now. I mean, originally, I would give you that. Like Netflix, when they first started out, yeah, they would have been screwed had this become a trend five years ago. But now, I think I think they have maybe not enough. They're going to have to keep. That's the key with Netflix, though. Is they're going to have to keep it because a lot of these problems with streaming is you don't go back and rewatch most of it. If you don't have the the draw because they stop it after like three seasons. <laughs> no, not usually. I mean, I don't. Like it's especially because they have it just such short lived that you stopped after three seasons. You don't have like the mm. the long running shows that you build relationships with characters like Friends and you're like oh, I just want to go watch some Friends again because it makes me feel good. I mean, speak for yourself. I watch Tiger King once a month. Oh, oh my god, god. that doesn't surprise. All right, on that note, we're <laughs> saying good night, Matt. <laughs> uh, we're saying good night on that note. Matt needs to stop talking for a little bit. So we appreciate y'all tuning uh, into listening to our uh, almost one hour rant fest here. Uh, if, thank you for sticking it out with us if you have so far. We had a lot of good things to be sharing and a lot of not so good things because Ron and Matt's opinion on WandaVision is wrong. But no, it's not. <laughs> uh, if you haven't already, make sure you like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you have your own thoughts on any of the shows that we talked about, any of the movies we discussed, we would love to hear from you. Please hit us up on any of the social platforms. We'd love to bring you onto the podcast, have your opinion get shared with the world. You can hear us rip it apart just the same way we do with everybody else. And you can get, rip our opinion apart. I mean, you might get ganged up on because you'd be the newcomer, but that is life. So uh, outside of that, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate any support you give us. And until next time, enjoy your streaming.